Are you a Christian? You've got an enemy. We'll take a look at him next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. He is our enemy, our adversary. He is, in fact, Satan. Meet your adversary, the devil. That is a message we began yesterday as we began our look at spiritual warfare here out of the book of Ephesians, chapter 6 to be precise. Hi there, and welcome to our broadcast today. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. As we continue our survey of Ephesians, we find ourselves nearing the end of this journey through Ephesians here in chapter 6. Here's Pastor Phil now with today's broadcast. I will make myself like the Most High. You see, his fall was not wanting to be unlike God. It was wanting to be like God. How did he want to be like God? Did he want to be like God in humility, in goodness, in sacrificing the Son, uh, in benevolence? I want to be like God in that I want to run things. I want to be worshipped. I want to be first. I want to be like God. I want to run this thing. It seems impossible that you could think such a thought and say you know the true and living God. That is just, I cannot imagine that this could happen and be in the very manifest presence of God and see God the Son and God the Spirit and, and yet you're the fourth person as it were the greatest thing you're next to them and to think of such a thought it is astounding would you bear with me while I faint up here I mean Man, everything we talk about today, when I'm talking to men, I hope you're not in pornography, hope you're not on drugs, hope you're not drinking, hope you're not stealing. Man, that's all kids play. That's little. That, that is just stupid stuff anyway. I mean, you, you don't even need to know God to get some of that stuff out of your life. But to just say, what's your ambition? Well, I'm running for God. You're what? I'm running for God. I mean the position of God. Well, what makes you qualified? I'm beautiful. Whoo. Well, man, yeah, you are beautiful. And this is a man. This is masculine here. So we got a beautiful spirit being. Okay, you won the Miss Universe contest. Next, what's your qualifications? I'm the smartest thing on the earth. They, I don't even take SAT test. They don't even give me IQ test. I'm the smartest thing you've ever dealt with. Ooh, ooh, okay. And you know what is amazing? He was so beautiful and so wise, he went on the campaign trail. And notice what he did. Go back to Ezekiel. And, and there's kind of a weird little word here. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't grab you until you just look at it a bit. Uh, 
He says here, let's take 17. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. I guess ugly people can get proud too, but beauty helps. And, and dumb people could be proud. We know that. But, but if you are the smartest in the class, it helps. So if you're beautiful and wise, you're susceptible. And you ugly ones can do it too. So, you know, I mean, the whole race is afflicted because, oh, let's go on. Uh, and, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. All your advantages corrupted you. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you. And he says, by your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuary. Now, dishonest trade, what was he running? A Kmart in heaven? Is he on the New York Stock Exchange? What was his trading? What was he trading? Well, trading means merchandising, selling. And his traffic, you see some words traffic, your merchandise. His merchandise was an idea. And he began to campaign the whole spirit world. And he would meet with them and he would say, I think I'm qualified to be God. I should be able, I've hung around, I know the operations. I know what they do up there in the throne room. I know what goes on. I'm smart. Matter of fact, I think I might be as attractive as the Trinity. He's impressed with his beauty some way. You ought, to, you ought to vote for me. You ought to make me God. I could run this place. Matter of fact, I'll give you a bonus if you work for me. Whatever way he did it, he convinced one-third of the spirit world to follow him. And in Revelation 12, when he's cast down to the earth, he brings, says one-third of the stars went with him. Can you imagine? It's one thing to be so insane as to run for the job of God. What seems also incredible is that you can convince people to vote for you to have the job. And he has convinced all of the human race to be followers of him. And God has to take special initiative to get you out of the kingdom of Satan and darkness. He has to save you, rescue you from his dominion. Because this present universe as it is and present earth, six billion people as a whole are under the control and under the wishes and whims of a fallen spirit being who tried to be God. And the God of this age energized all of us at one time to not worship God, not to receive Jesus Christ. And this is our adversary. And so how is your adversary in the Christian life when it comes to Satan going to come to you? I would be suspicious of anything that looks beautiful. I would be suspicious of anything that is just so sophisticatedly wise and brilliant that it may not be true. Because we find people are saved by the foolishness of the cross. God took weak things. Why do you think God decided to choose weak things, things that are not, things that are not noble, 1 Corinthians 1? Why do you think God tends to go way down here? 
It's why in India, sometimes the church has a bad name. Because we, the church that has gone to India as a whole has always worked with the lower caste. Very few have been able to get into the Sikh population or the higher escalons of that society. Why? Christianity are for the no goods, the, the non-haves, the not brilliant, those who don't have much. They need something. And if Christianity can help them, good. But I'm too brilliant. I'm too wealthy, too sophisticated too educated to need anything Christianity offers. And you could be here today and going to hell as the wisest person in this room, too smart for God, too smart to need a savior, too sharp to believe the Bible could be true, too sophisticated to think God could create, too brilliant to buy this bloody religion that God would put his son on a cross, why, why did he waste such effort? I'm a nice person as it is. As a matter of fact, I am beautiful and fairly wise. Keep your gifts, God. Give them to somebody that needs them. Do you think you ever sense that in our culture? I would be religious if I needed it. I would go to church if I needed it. But I'm in touch with the spirit being that's in me called Gamagua, from Hindu three million years ago. And I keep my crystal shined every day. Because I am very spiritual, very religious without God. And so is Satan. Satan does not hang out at bars like he hangs out with beautiful, sophisticated, brilliant, religious people. That's his favorite playground. And that's why the easiest place to die without Christ is around a religious environment that just keeps affirming how beautiful you are, how wise you are, and you never dare tell a man you are a sinner. You are lost. You are not fit for the kingdom of God until you come through Christ. And this adversary we have to deal with because, see, your greatest problem is not pornography or that yelling at your wife or your attitude on the job. Your biggest problem is there's a side in you, you want to be a little God. You want to be so self-sufficient that you never show your hand, I'm desperately dependent on another for everything I need. I'm desperately dependent on God, the true and living God, for whether I can go to heaven for my finance, for my health, for my marriage, for my breath. Matter of fact, I can't even say I'll go here or there tomorrow unless I say the Lord being willing because I am not in charge. Little gods are hard to work with. The rivalry for godhood is incredible. And New Age theology and Eastern religions and karma and reincarnation. Man's ambition is to become his own God, to worship the creature and not the creator. This is the insanity of the human condition. We have been duped. We have bought the lie of the great deceiver. That's why your friends who are so desperate have not yet received Christ. They've been blinded to the gospel and convinced they're okay. This is what we battle with.
Well, uh, his propaganda, he sells this idea. His payment is God says, I will judge you. Let me make uh, these applications, what we can learn. Uh, a sacred environment is not immune from the pride uh, that throws one into a condemned state. I'm meeting with about 40 men tonight as we're recruiting deacons. We're trying to develop a congregational care plan. There's so many of you as pastors are crying for help to help us take care of you. And I just, as I was studying this, thought of the passage he said of elders in 1 Timothy 3. He says this, when you reach out to get an elder or a pastor, he said he must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. Some of the great uh, heartbreaks we've had in leadership in this church over 32 years is at times we put a man in office we thought was qualified that the very position was his undoing. His head swelled up with the office and he fell into condemnation. And God judged his pride, removed him from the office and set him back because he was in love with going up and he wasn't in love with serving. It's hard to offend a servant. You could always offend a prima donna. Did you get that? That is so good. I can't believe I said it. That's what I just can't. <laughs> it's hard to offend servants. The janitor seldom gets offended. It's all the hot shots that get offended if they're not given the perks, the treatment. So know that a sacred environment, I am amazed at how many people can be puffed up in church work as though we were the attraction, as though people were showing up because we're on the schedule. Let me tell you, if God doesn't show up, we'll all be so sick of one another. We're wondering why we're in the same building. Diotrephes was so impressed with himself that it said he wanted the preeminence in the church. And the only other time the word preeminence is used in the New Testament is Colossians 1, where it says Christ is preeminent in everything. And Diotrephes in 2 John tells John the Apostle, flake off. I don't even want you coming around here. I want the preeminence in this church. Let me tell you right now, us pastors aren't here to be preeminent. We're here to promote the preeminent one, Jesus Christ alone. He has the headship of his church. We work for the boss. We are not the preeminent ones, and neither are you. Two, the sin of Satan was not in wanting to be unlike God, but wanting the place of God. Bring it on. Give me the adulation, the respect you give to God. That's a scary thought, but it's still going on in the whole human race. That old Bob Dylan, when he wrote, you've got to serve somebody, the worst non-religious person in the world doesn't know it, and it would make him mad if you said, you know what? You're having a ball serving the devil. I don't serve anybody. I'm my own God. You have bought the total lie. You have celebrated and became a God. Watch out. When you think you're a God, you might develop stomach trouble. Herod accepted the accolades that he was God in Acts. And Josephus records his painful death. 
You know what happened? The day the crowd said, Herod, you are from the gods. You are gods. They said that to Paul one time. Paul said, oh, no, no, we're just men. But when they said of Herod, he said, bring it on. It feels good. I think I am. And according to Flavius Josephus, that day, worms attacked his stomach. And when they found Herod, his bowels had been disengaged from his body because the worms had eaten out the inside of his body. That's how he died. The man who thought he was a god became food for worms in a matter of months. It's a dangerous thing to act like a god. We are the people who say we're mere creatures dependent on a living God. Third thing, Satan's greatest power used against angels and, and men is the ability to deceive us. To deceive us, to make us think something that is true that's not. It's why you need a Bible. It's why you need the Holy Spirit. And as I was praying for you today, God opened their ears and eyes. The best preaching, the best speakers won't make you get it. God has to give you an ear to hear what he's saying. You put the Apostle Paul here or John and you still not get it. If God doesn't touch your ears, the ability to perceive God and truth, because we are gullible by nature, the race has been deceived. Beware of what teachings you follow and what confidence you put in men. Be sure your faith is in God, his word, because the human race is flawed with deception. Finally, Satan's goal is to get men and angels to worship him instead of the true and living God. So we find out Satan is the most religious creature God has to deal with. He's so religious, he thinks he's God. Isn't that amazing? He doesn't think he's a devil. <laughs> he thinks he's a God. Because anyone that smart and that beautiful ought to get to run things. And I just say to you, uh, in closing, I think our greatest problem, I was, I was with a pastor a while back, and uh, he said this to me. He said, um, the hardest thing I find in men is a teachable spirit. And he's great with men. He said, the hardest thing to discover in a man is a willingness to learn. Because men of certain character and cut uh, can easily, if they're not so beat down by failure, is a posturing. I'm self-sufficient. It's almost a part of the male makeup. Women do it different ways. They go for beauty, maybe. But believe me, the women have got as much ego problems as men. We're just, I could read it better in a man. But he says, to find a teachable man. Have you ever found a man that was rather stupid about the issue that thought he knew everything? And you couldn't teach him the right way? He said, I'd like to show you how to, no, 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 I can do this. I can figure this out. All you women know that. You've been trying to teach him to drive for 30 years. No, no, no. My wife always says, well, you took it from the Richmond School District. I took it from Concord. Well, what's the difference? <laughs> oh, man. We've had a few arguments over that. Of course, in Richmond, we were running jobs. You know, anyway. Uh, so the greatest problem we have is I'm independent, self-sufficient, and I will, never, I will never let you know I have needs because that would destroy my persona. 
And I think, what are you trying to do? Act like a God? All of us got needs. All of us get sick. All of us are vulnerable. All of us are going to die of something. All of us have heartbreaks. All of us have good days, bad days. All of us have to brush our teeth. All of us have to wear deodorant. I hope. <laughs> Spend thousands to smell good because our natural odors, we just don't want to be around. We need lots of help. We got to doctor up the worms the best we can. And so I would just say the greatest thing you can do is say, I'm not sufficient in myself. And I will not give my strength to wealth, beauty, wisdom. I want to serve the true and living God who, of course, is wiser than the wisest, stronger. And when we come to Satan's methods and strategies against you, we'll deal with them in particular. It's coming from a being that had it all that knows what piety is, knows what the throne room looks like, even has access to go to the throne today long enough to accuse you before God. You, you think your family's hard on you? The devil accuses you daily. And he's right when he accuses you. He's got the dope on you. He knows where you blew it. And if you didn't have the right attorney working for you, you'd be guilty. So we're going to start the journey and look at how we can have victory over all these methods of the enemy to defeat us as Christians. Our Father, we thank you that uh, uh, we've been born again out of grace, 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 justified by faith alone, through Christ alone, by grace alone. And so uh, we have come to admit we certainly are no, in no God category. We cannot meet our needs. But we're not afraid to admit our needs, Lord. We're not here to whine in front of a congregation, but Father, it's so wonderful just to tell you we're needy. Just to tell you, you're God, I'm not. You can do it, I can't. I'm willing to depend on you, but I can't do what you alone can do. And I just see you smiling over that, saying, well, I'm glad you've got it. Uh, that's the way it is. You're the dust. I'm the potter, you're the clay, I'm the master craftsman that can mold you, make you, guide you. You're the sheep, I'm the shepherd. You know how to get lost, I alone know how to get you there. So Father, we, uh, we're stripped of Godhood, even though we bought the lie that we could become gods. Our death, our pain, our disintegration as a human race shows if we're gods, what a mess of things we've made. We need you. We need Jesus Christ. And we thank you that you delivered us from the God of this age, Satan, who kept us blind so long to the good news that I need a savior, that I'm not good enough to go to heaven on my own that no matter what my GPA at uh, Cal was or at a leading university, no matter how handsome, how beautiful, how sophisticated, how wealthy, how brilliant, what position, in your sight, none of that means anything. We must come through the door, Christ. 
If there's anyone here dying with a positive, prideful, wrong self-image, may they admit their need of Christ for salvation. The one thing no man can earn or buy, but that's offered freely through Christ. Please do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Phil Howard here in our series, God's Design for Life. Getting a clue, an understanding, an idea of just how much God really loves us and the design that he has for your life and mine. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. And as we conclude our time together today, we're mindful of the fact that there might be those of you who would enjoy hearing this program again. As always, we have copies available on CD. Simply call or write to us or stop by our website. You can reach us by phone at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.org. As you contact us, please bear in mind that we do continue this radio broadcast here on this station through the generous support of Truth For Today sustainers, folks just like you. With your dollars, as you partner with us financially, we'll provide to you, as our way of saying thanks, a quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. It's all available for you as you partner with us financially. For more information, give us a call. Our phone number, once again, is 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 